Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. I'm excited for those of you watching online, and um, God is so good to us. All right, so we're kicking off a new message series this month entitled Family Matters. Say with me, Family Matters. Cue up the song, Vernis. <laughs> Cue up the theme song. So, no. so it's based off the sitcom Family Matters. You know what I'm saying? You know, who? how many of you all saw Family Matters? Come on, if you didn't, I think you're living under a rock. <laughs> Family Matters. All right, if you don't know the show by its name, anybody know Urkel? <laughs> All right, so that's where the show Family Matters existed from. All right, and so it was so funny. It, it, God was just saying to me um, about this series, hey, you're going to do a series on family. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to call it. And then what just dropped in my head, I was like, we're going to call it Family Matters. So Family Matters. And so this new series, ladies and gentlemen, the premise of it is to address the different issues that happen in families. In order to see healing within our families and strengthen our family unit, all right? And also we will address in this series the importance of community. Uh, I want you to understand that in the Hebrew, the word family is translated, has four different words for it. And one of those is talking about a clan. And so in the idea of community, that your family is not just your biological, those who, you know, you're, you're, you know who is your family based on DNA. But I want to show you how God has instituted family, not just your biological family, but also your spiritual family, what you are a part of spiritually to help you in your growth. All right. And so we want to talk about how that matters. How about being connected with one another matters? You cannot live a life alone. Say we can't live life alone. We have to have friends. You have to have community. All right. So the goal by the end of this is I really pray that it brings true healing and reconciliation to some relationships that we have in our families. Not only that, but I do pray that for those who say, I may not have had a good family background and experience, my prayer is, is that you would find healing in it for yourself as well. Because no matter where you come from, no matter what family you were born in, the truth of the matter is, is that just because you were born into a family don't, that, that may not have had the best or may uh, uh, treated you and uh, 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 abandoned you, didn't give you the care that you needed and different things like that, God can still use you despite it all. God can still use you despite it all. And so we thank God for we thank God for that. And, and I want to start this series off with a message entitled Family Matters to God. Say it with me. Family Matters to God. Put that in the chat for those of you watching. Family Matters to God. Now, I don't have a, a, a base scripture where I'm going to launch this idea out of tonight. But I'm going to give you a series of different scriptures that is going to build a theological foundation for you and bring it very practical for your life. Amen. Hey everyone, my name is Fumi, and I would like to invite you to go ahead and download our Transformation Christian Fellowship app. It's a really convenient and really easy way to stay connected with us here at TCF. You can find the latest sermon and more of our exclusive content here at TCF. You can simply download the app in the App Store or the Google Play Store, or go ahead and click on the link in the bio and download it from there. 
Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Three parts. We're going to break this message up. I want to talk to you first from the origin of the family. Move you talk, from talking about the origin of the family, then talking about the purpose of the family. And then I'm going to conclude um, this message tonight in talking to you about God's intent for the family. All right. Now, this is not going to be long, I promise you, because I know some of you are looking at me. Well, this is a whole dissertation. <laughs> this whole dissertation. No, 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 no. Just stay with me. It's going to be real quick to the point so you can understand where we're going for the rest of this series. Say, brother, I got you on a time clock. I'm tracking with you. All right. All right, so let me start off with this. We're going to talk about, so again, family matters of God, and let's talk about the origin of the family. Let me give you this, ladies and gentlemen, that the institution of family is the long last, is the, uh, is the oldest institution in all of history. The institution of family is the oldest institution in mankind. Before any institution that was ever founded, family was. Our culture, ladies and gentlemen, is becoming more accepting of a new definition of family and is aggressively pushing the redefinition of the family as good, healthy, and enlightened. Since the fall of man, ladies and gentlemen, mankind has been attempting to redefine what God has ordained. Matter of fact, through the works of the enemy, and now he's the prince of the air, is that what he's been trying to do is build a counterculture to God's, uh, to what God has established. Ladies and gentlemen, the only problem with this is, is that man or society cannot define a thing that it did not originate, nor did it create. It's almost like you trying to tell me what my Jordans is that I made from Nike and <laughs> try to say, nah, this is how you do it like this. That's not how the emblem look. You got to do it the other way. Well, that's not Nike shoes. You get what I'm saying? You can always spot a fake. You look at somebody, they, they're wearing Gucci and they parading it around and stuff like that. It's like, listen, that's fake. That's not the real thing. Oh, don't tell me that's not the real thing. I got it for $400. Well, you got conned. <laughs> that's not real. And that's how we try to do with God. You, we try to tell God, no, that ain't how it's done. That ain't how you do it. No, it's actually done like this. You can look at it this way. How can you tell somebody that, that you did not create it? Man did not just come up with the idea of family. Like, there's nowhere in history that it says that society got together and start saying, hey, we should get married. Hey, we should have kids. There's nowhere in history that that's recorded. But in history which is recorded that there was a God who existed in eternity, that no one created him, he was always there. It's the uncreated, created God decided to make humans, mankind. It is not the fact that God was lonely. God was not lonely when he decided to create the earth 
the universe, any of those things. God had perfect unity with the Trinity in heaven. Love exuded from all three with all three of them. I know Trinity is a complex uh, is a complex uh, 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 doctrine. But the reality of it is, is that it's three existing in one. You have the father, you have the son and you have the Holy Spirit. They're all equal to one another. The roles are different. It's like you. Do you play one role? No. You are a daughter. Then you are some of you are parents. Now, are you two different people? (laughs) Are you two different people? You're the same person. You just wear many hats. Are you get what I'm saying? So then, ladies and gentlemen, man cannot uh, define what is family. And we're having debates in our culture to now debate if, if marriage is really important anymore. We're having debates in our culture now that says you don't need marriage because that, that doesn't improve commitment because the divorce rates are so high. What's the point? You don't need paper. We have it now, ladies and gentlemen, that who, who needs, who, who really needs that? We can do our own things and, you know, get pregnant and then go and move on. Nobody cares. Let's do it. We, we're living in a day now that we were trying to redefine like, yeah, to the same uh, gender as parents. That's great. That's cool. But let me tell you something, and let me prove this with, and you can go and Google it. You can find any other secular psychologist who will show you that there is a reason why there has to be two parent homes from two opposite genders because of what it does psychological for the person. You get what I'm saying? So the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, God and how he designed it, he designed it that way for a reason. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is not a message of slander. This is not a message of any of those types of things. Ladies and gentlemen, this is solely a message to really try to encourage and also to educate you on the fact of what family is all about. This is me, ladies and gentlemen, giving you what the word says about what family is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, I must make you understand and help you understand this, ladies and gentlemen, that in order for there, there is no way we're going to be successful doing things apart from God's way. Are you get what I'm saying? There's no way that we can do this again. And so because of that, the idea of family is God's idea. It is his idea. It is the family is the foundational institution of society ordained by God. It's ordained by God. God has ordained it. And and so let's let's look at this. And, And this is where we see the foundation of where the scripture tells us right here. Genesis 2, 18, it says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. All right. So what happened was, is that God saw something that was not good in the garden. He said, ladies and gentlemen, that is not good for man to live alone. All right. He saw that the animals was in the garden. He saw Adam was in the garden. The only thing he did not see is someone like his kind. 
so what he did was is that he saw that it was not good for him to be alone. So here we go. We institute family. So, ladies, you came out of the rib of a man. <laughs> so God created women out of a rib of the man. We see that in history, the first, you know, the first putting someone to sleep happened. Anesthesia happened in the garden. Anesthesia is not something new. <laughs> it happened right in the garden, family. It happened right in the garden. Adam went to sleep. God did his surgery. <laughs> performed the surgery, created woman. And then when he was done creating it, then he told Adam, look at her. He was like, wow, what you going to call it? One man. He was like, mm, you did your thing on this one, guy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she fat. All I got to say is wow. <laughs> so we going to call a woman. Uh, he said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Eve was fine. You feel me? So he said, it's not good for a brother to live alone. You should, brothers, you should be shouting to God. Because he said it wasn't good <laughs> for us to be alone. <laughs> and women, you should be shouting too. Because out of, because we ain't nothing without y'all. You hear me? I'm telling you. So he, he, he said, like, let me build him a helpmate suitable. See, let me tell you some ladies like, no, nah, I'm your helpmate suitable. I dare you step out somewhere else. I'm your helpmate suitable, fam. Suitable. You feel me? I'm going to give you somebody who's suitable. Like, I'm going to give you a helpmate that's suitable for you. Now, that shows us, brothers, in when you deciding to do with family, you better make sure she's suitable. All right, she got to be suitable. She got to be a helpmate. I got. I had to find out if my wife is suitable for me. You know, let me see. If, you know, Tisha, she look good and all. She fine, but you know, does she got a brain? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, does she? Does it, you know? Does, you know? Can she? You know? Get with my lifestyle here? You know? Can she accompany me? All right, and same vice versa. Because women also got to make sure they're suitable for that person. You get what I'm saying? All right. And so here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, that, that we see here, he saw that man is not good to live alone. So we see the origin of family is established here in the garden. Okay. Then this is what happens. So then we see two essential elements of family found in Genesis chapter one, verse 27 and 28. Verse 27 says, and this thing is cutting the words off, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female and created them. All right, so he created male and female, and this is what verse 28 then says. He then says, then God blessed them. And God said to them, here's this, watch this. Be fruitful and multiply. All right, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see two essential elements to family. That is marriage and parenthood. This is how we know this, because he says, be fruitful and multiply. God's saying, you're doing it in these confines, you're going to be fruitful. <laughs> you're going to multiply. You get what I'm saying? He said, be fruitful be, and, and, and multiply. And he said, subdue. 
Subdue, take it over, have dominion over what I've given you. Have authority over this. This is what we see in the origination of how family is started. So he says, he says the marriage, it happens between, as God has ordained, between man and woman. All right. And then it, it furthers this in Ephesians chapter five, the idea that man, uh, will, man and woman would leave their, their, their parents home and cleave to one another. Here, Ephesians 531 says, for this reason, uh, we find it in the New Testament, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Now, the two of them will become one flesh, one unity. Unified with one another. Again, let me break this down. Again, this also represents what we would call, again, seeing an example between the Trinity. That God sees them as, sees God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're all one. They're equal in the sense that they, they have this, that they are, they're equal in their deity. The roles of that they play are different. So when God sees me and Oticia, he sees us as one unit. You get what I'm saying? So he sees you as one unit. He sees you in your role as the man and sees her in her role as the wife. And then we became one when you made those vows. I'm not going to go too far in that. <laughs> Here we go. And then, too, we have parenthood. So again, we see it again in parenthood. He says, again, be fruitful and multiply. Have any idea that family is then come out of a, a reproduction. And so he puts it as the man and woman because both man carries the seed and woman has the womb in which the seed is received. Where it's received that conception and the woman has the most beautiful, powerful experience to carry a life to carry a life now I'm going to put a pause right here I thank God that I am who I am because you guys have a gift to carry nine months I don't have that anointing I thank God for that you know I cheer you on you know what I'm saying like brothers you should say amen to that again <laughs> this you know you know what my wife said? She said, when we get pregnant, I'm going to put you on that. I'm gonna, there's a machine that, that is like a simulator. Put it on you so you can feel what we go. I was like, no, 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 no. That's okay. I feel your pain in here. <laughs> I feel it in here. <laughs> I'm drawing from your strength. <laughs> I'm drawing from it right in here. I you know, right here. So here we have it again, the origin of the family. God created family, ladies and gentlemen, as a way, and he intended it to give expression to deep love that he carried. God is a God of love. And so that love that was exuded among the Trinity, he said, let me share it. It's not that God was lonely. He did this out of his free will and choice. It's not even that deep. I don't really understand the complexity of God and none of us will, but really he did it out of his, because he felt like doing it. He chose to. And guess what? 
he did it even with the foreknowledge of knowing that many people will not return to love. Don't you get it? So he did it not because he had to, because he wanted to. And he created you to, and with free will and choice so that you could decide either if you want to love him or not. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is not forcing none of us to love him. He's not in that type of game for that. God is, he will openly be accepting to anyone who loves him. And chooses him. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, he desired to share the concept of family with Adam and Eve and through them demonstrate his nature as a father. Demonstrate his nature as a father. Let's go here. Psalm 68 verse 5. I forgot to put it up there, but here it reads. It says, father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God who's dwelling is holy. So you have a holy God who, who, who gives himself the name of Father. Isaiah 60, excuse me, Psalm 68, verse 5, New Living Translation says that. He's a father to the fatherless, and he's a defender of widows. All right? This is God. This is the type of God you have in heaven. Who is holy? Whose dwelling, ladies and gentlemen, is holy? Help me, let me help you understand this again, is that the origin of this family was designed in this way so that the love of God could exude through us. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. So I showed you just now the origin of the family. Now, since you know where it originates, then you have to understand why he purposed it. Now, the family serves as a crucial part in God's kingdom plans on earth. God has an agenda, nothing that God does. He does, he, he does everything intentionally. He does everything by design. God does everything because he's into the details of your very life. The way he's originated everything. Here it is that family is the means by which God communicates, preserves, and further expands his holy influence. The home is the place in which his truths are lived out and taught. Let me explain it this way. You want to know why a lot of people are, are, there's a falling away happening? Because not enough people in their homes are teaching the truth and also living it out. The truth of the matter is a lot of people say a lot of things. They live a lot of things. They live out a certain way. And they're trying to tell you to do something that they don't do. And they're trying to tell you to do something that you have not seen modeled in front of you. So how else do you think a person is going to respond when they have not seen that modeled in front of them? How are you going to tell me I should honor the Lord and I have not seen you honor him? How are you going to tell me to serve God and I haven't seen you serve God? I haven't seen it. How are you going to say that you love God and you serve the church, but you don't serve your family? I've seen two different ways. I've seen one way where people serve the church, serve the church, but they forsake their family. You can't think you cannot think that you're going to have a successful family if you serve the church. And you're not serving your family. Your first ministry as a parent is to your family. It is to your household. 
and you cannot teach something and you cannot try to put it down people's throats and then you stand as a hypocrite. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way at all. And so you have to understand that the family, ladies and gentlemen, was a, is an organism and is an environment that God is trying to create a safe environment, an environment where people could discover who he is through the lives of their, oh my God, through the lives of their parents. Do you know why a lot of times the greatest attack will always be upon your family? Why you think it is that way? I'm going to tell you why it is that way. Because the enemy understands God's agenda of what he's trying to accomplish through the family. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to sow discord. I'm going to try to sow strife. I'm going to try to use different people and different things to get in a family unit. Why? Because I know if I can break this up, then I know this is going to be unhealthy grounds so that even if there's kids or even if there's anything in this environment, this may not lead people to God. Or what it will do is what it will do is muddy the waters. That's what it will do. If they don't see that in your in your life, if they if they don't see it, how are you creating an environment for your children to know God? Let me tell you something. Salvation, apparently, I think some people get it twisted. I asked a person one time, hey, you know, are you saved? Are you saved? I ask that all the time. This guy told me one time, he said my grandmother took care of that. I said, what? <laughs> Your grandmother did what? You know, she you know, she brought me to church and stuff like that, you know. She said a couple prayers and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I said, let me tell you something, brother. I just shook my head. I'm like, so that, that's what you think salvation is, huh? You think that salvation is inherited? No, it's not. The family was organized to create an environment so you could discover God for yourself. But it's not to say because so-and-so saved and my mother was saved, that means I'm saved too. No, it does not mean that. You do not inherit salvation, my friend. It is something that you got to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ for yourself. Salvation is not inherited. We're trying to create an environment. Why do you think a lot of times, and you know, we're coming up on Father's Day, and one of the, Father's Day is one of the most hated days of the year. <laughs> Father's Day. Now it's becoming that single moms, and I get it, are putting it out there, well, I'm also happy Father's Day to me. <laughs> That's how people are. You want to know why? Because the enemy has done a great job of trying to break down the, the, break down the man. To the degree, where is though? We have men who have not lived up. And this is not slander. This is giving it what it, what it is. We're not trying to slander our brothers. We're not trying to slander our women. This is not what this is about. But the truth is we have certain brothers who have abandoned their families. And guess what? They can't, some people cannot get into the relationship of seeing God as a father because their father was not a good representation of what their heavenly father was. Do you understand that you as the man, you are the, you as the man, I'm telling you, that is such a crucial role. And that's why the enemy fights men. 
the way he does. Especially, if, let me tell you, especially if you got kids, he's definitely going to fight you because he knows that I can make you look bad in front of your kids, make you walk away and do all of those things. That is going to mess up the relationship between them seeing God as their dad. That's why we have so many daddy issues, and I'm going to talk about it in this series, is because your daddy issues, and now you see God as your earthly dad and not as your heavenly dad. And when God disappoint, thinks, and when you think God disappoints you, it's not so much that you think God disappoints you as much as you, put, you take that same frustration that you have against your earthly father and you put it on him. I'm telling you why the family unit is so important. Because if you understand its purpose, you're going to understand what type of fight you're in. <laughs> you want to understand what type of fight you're in with your marriage, in your own family. You're going to understand those things because guess what? The enemy does not fight fair when it comes down to families. I'm telling you now, he does not fight fair. And you got to see this. Let me show you in scripture. I'm moving along as well. Listen. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. I want to show you this. This is what Moses was telling the, uh, the, the children of Israel uh, in Deuteronomy as he was leaving off the scene. Here it says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Here's what verse 7 says. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Yeah, yeah. He, this is, he's saying diligently. This is not something that no teaching one good time, you know. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 that's not what he's saying. No, I want you to teach him that. That's good to know. But I want you to teach them diligently. This is what he says. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you sit in your house, I want you talking of it. <laughs> when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise up, this is what I want you to think about. This is what I want you to understand. Here we go. Let's go to verse, uh, verse 8 and uh, 9 here. It says, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He said, write down everything, write this down, teach them diligently to your children. And that's why, and this is how you avoid having an ignorant generation. You want to know why the, 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 the morale for the things of God or the, the, the hunger for the things of God may not be there because they weren't taught. They won't, they were not shared. We, we, we don't. We have them come. We, 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 we have people come to church, man. I remember being raised up in church, man. I see little kids on games, iPads, all that stuff. I know it keep them busy and stuff. But listen, it wasn't happening in my household. I don't know if you grew up the way I did, Quan. When we were down there, no, 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 no. You weren't playing no games. <laughs> we grew up. We were not in church. Listen, you slow, you know, getting hit, you know. You know how to duck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you weren't doing that, man. You weren't doing that in church, man. You're going to wake up and hear what the preacher's saying. I don't know who grew up like that. You know what I'm saying? My mom took a whole year off from work. We had a little, little she you know, did a little 
uh, 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 you know, some church in the house with us. You're writing the Bible verses and making you memorize them. You know, writing them on. We had this little thing that they brought my, my sister for, like, it was like a little chalkboard. And on the other side, it had a little whiteboard. She used white little verses there. It was like, man, when would she go back to work? <laughs> ah. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to sit here and play my little PlayStation, man. It's summer. <laughs> Get what I'm saying? So listen, the purpose of the family, again, this is why was he so heavy? I told you last week how one generation will praise the works to another. Right? Why is so why is God so minded about generations? Why does God see everything in the generation? The reason why he does it is so that and see it as everything as passing it along, because if you don't, there will be a generation that comes along that does not know God. That's what happened to the children of Israel when Joshua died off the scene. You know what happened in the book of Judges? There was a generation that grew up that did not know of God and squandered the promised land. They got kicked out. You missing out on promise because you were ignorant. You're missing out on the benefits of the promise that has been that has been that that was made to your forefathers over some foolishness out of ignorance because you didn't know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I say all of this to say that you've seen that just now that I've built the case and pretty much told you why family. So let's 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 address this now. Why, as I conclude, why does family matter so much to God? Why is family so important? And I'm going to conclude with this. It is because God desired for this institution to reveal his character. The reason why a family matters to him because it's through the family that reveals his character. It is through the family. The family is to be a reflection of him in the earth. That's, he made us in his own likeness and image. He said, I'm making you like, we were made like him. He said, I'm making you in this likeness to reflect my likeness in the earth. And here's the, another reason why family is so important to God, because you will not know what real love is, is if you, let me tell you something. There are some people, because they're family, there's certain stuff you let them get away with because they're family. And you stick it out with them. How about the? You stick it out with them. Through the ugly, through the good, you still stick it out with them. Now, who do you think that's a trait of? God sticks it out with you and I through the good, the indifferent, through the ugly, through all of that stuff to show you what true love is. So then let me rock, let me do this too. So then if he does all of that, how else do you going to, how else will you know how to love if you don't know how to love those who is close to you? <laughs> if you can't love those who are around you, then how can you show that love to anyone else? You cannot love one another until you have understand the concept of family. <laughs> I don't care what situation you grew up out of. 
The truth of the matter is, is that guess what? At any given moment, God can bring you people along that may not be biological, but may be some people that you just, uh, you were adopted and you pretty much theirs. Because he couldn't let you go and live this life with a cold heart. Because he has to teach you how love really looks like. Where other people failed. Where other people fail, God will always put somebody or people or persons in that place to fill that void, to show you what love really is. This is why family matters to God, and this is why we cannot allow a redefinition to happen of what family looks like. Guess what? This is not Brandon's words. This is not my, this is, these are not what Brandon, no, this is the originator of the heaven and earth telling us this is what family is. This is what family looks like. And guess what? I want people to understand this as well. No matter what is, may have happened in your family, if you're going through any type of hardship in your family, going through any type of separation, those of you watching me online, going through any of that stuff, don't let your heart be hardened today. Because family matters to God. And guess what? Don't let that ruin you from still being there so that you can show God to your children. Show God to still your family that despite it all, love is still there. Don't let it do that. The enemy wants you to do that. Don't let it do that. Don't let it do that. Because at the end of the day, you have a responsibility. All of us, no matter if you're a brother, you're a sister, you're a parent, no matter what you are, you have a responsibility. And how can you show that love with one another if you couldn't master that right here? You feel what I'm saying? So let me tell you something. You want to know what love is? The family should be a model of it. That's what it should be. A matter of what true love is like based upon not society's definition. I'm telling you what God's definition is. Because he's the only one who can say what it is and it be law because he originated it. And not no one in society can tell the uncreated creator what he's done is wrong. He's not made up. He's not some God we talk about as some mythological figure. No. He's the real deal. Look at the earth. Look at everything he's made in the heavens. And it says the earth and it says the heavens declare the praises of our God. Are you hearing me tonight? This ain't some made up religion. That man contrived. This idea is not something that man could have the even the, the intellectual capacity to even come up with. I don't care how many degrees you think you have. I don't care how intellectual you think you are. The truth of the matter is, is that everything in this earth, hallelujah, still points to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, when you look at family, it points to God. Everything you see points that there is a created, per, there's a created being 
behind all of this. An uncreated being, excuse, excuse me, above all of this. And the reason why there's an order to things, the reason why there's an order to things is so that it will reflect the image and the likeness of our God. And God wants to do that through your family. Say, God wants to do that through my family. God wants to do that through my family. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. Stand to your feet all over. We thank God. We thank God for his goodness. Listen, I hope you're excited about this series and where we're going as we talk about family. There might be somebody who may not be a part of the family of God. Yes, believe it or not, there's people who are not. The only way you get accepted into the family of God is you must believe. You must confess with your heart and believe with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the only Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.